Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Maybe I need to rethink even as I'm going. Um, making everything plain. I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't kill 
to be able to get up in the front and sort of, you know, preach with power, talk about mystery and things that were going to happen, and to be able to explain something that everybody was nodding and why and say, that guy at the front, boy, does he know his stuff sort of thing. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to do that? And then on top of that, sort of as the, as the dessert menu, um, we can say to a mountain, jump, and it jumps. And so these mountains of doubt and these mountains of, you know, kind of sickness and these mountains of things, they could, be just, they could just be just cast into the sea. And of course, all of those things are fantastic things that God invites us to and sometimes that we see happen. But he says you could do all of those things and if you don't love, I'm actually nothing. Love becomes a really big deal when we start to explore the things that God is wanting to do. Verse 3 says, If I give everything I own to the poor and even I go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've got nowhere. So no matter, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Bankrupt kind of thing I think that probably translates pretty well so we understand we've got nothing to offer if we haven't loved and so when we're talking about with living with love becomes an incredibly important thing so in this series we've talked a bit about um, not so much wanting to live over God under God from God and for God you might have heard us mention that if you've been following with us doesn't matter if you haven't but instead we're wanting to live this life with God. And so there are aspects of that in these three verses, living over God, sort of knowing all these mysteries and all knowledge, you know, kind of it's almost like once I understand that, I can live over God. Or, or sort of under God, you know, kind of the ability um, that we might have to move mountains or from God, you know, sort of I can speak in tongues, I can do these great things. Or living for God, even to the thing of, you know, I could give away my life and be burned as a martyr, give away all my money. Um, but if I didn't have love, it would come up way short of the things that God is wanting to inspire in my life. And then God goes on, or Paul goes on and speaks, I'm sure, what God is you know, kind of wanting him to say about what love is. And again, we, we know this from some wedding services that we've probably been to, but it's really relevant to us today. And so he says this, love is patient. And I just think, it's like, man, I, I couldn't help thinking that, you know, if I had eternity, I'd get a better defi- definition of love than love is patient. It's like, love is patient. Love is patient. This is, this is an incredible sort of invitation from God for us to discover the way that we're supposed to be living with Him. Love is patient. It goes on. Love is kind. These are the things that God's going to be working with us to breed in our lives, I guess. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And it's like I, I kind of look at a scripture like that, verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 13, and I think, you know, put that on my tombstone if it's true. You know, kind of there was a guy who always protected, always trusted, always hoped, and always persevered. I'd, I'd, I'd rest easily to have a sense that that is the, you know, the contribution that I made to the world. You know, um, as opposed to, you know, kind of the great words that somebody said, or the, the great deeds even that were able to be achieved. There's something about that. This is what God is calling to us along the way. And then if you go back to the message, so that's all of the NIV, it says this, love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We only know a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompleteness will be cancelled. And 
the last verse says, but for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. And it says, trust steadily. So that's faith, living by faith, living with faith. Hope unswervingly. And love extravagantly. And the best of these is love. Thank you, Harrison. That was great. I hope that was you, not Cal. So, there you go. This is the first time he's been awake in a service. That's a, So we've used an illustration through this series of the trapeze artist. So you might remember Makarita talking about faith being like, you know, you're on a trapeze, you're on a trip, and, and faith is letting go and trusting that you're going to be caught. And um, Calvin talked last week about hope, hope being like, you know, sort of the state that you're in, uh, the assurance as we're, as we're flying through the air again that we're going to be caught. Well, if you used that as a, as a series of examples, love, would be the embrace of the one who catches you and holds you. And that's who we're living with, or that's what we're called and invited to live with. Living with love is a really important thing for us to know and to understand. And so as we walk forward from this series, what we're wanting to, I, I guess, um, embrace is the sense of living with love, with God who is love. And so as I, as I think about this and as I bring us towards the end of our series, there are a couple of things that really confront me in a, in a, in a way with this whole thing. Um, and the first one is this, is how am I living with, with the God who loves me? How am I living with the God who loves me? So let me explain a bit. Jesus, there's this great story about Jesus in Luke chapter 13 that you can read sometime if you want. And um, he looks at Jerusalem and he sort of despairs about the people of Jerusalem. And he says, you know, I've sent you prophets and you've stoned and killed them. And I've sent you wise people so that you could come back to my heart. And you've just abused them and you haven't listened to them. And yet, my heart for you, O Jerusalem, he says, is like a, a mother hen gathering its chicks under its wings because of my great love um, for you sort of an inspirational thing when we don't feel very lovable, when we don't feel very lovely, when we don't feel like we deserve anything of God. And obviously we, we feel like that from time to time. Maybe we feel like that a lot. Um, and so this whole sense of needing to know the God who says, I love you, is a really important thing. I think we're pretty good, actually, at, um, at, at living with and understanding the God who wants us to do something for him. You know, the God who wants us to... Um, improve our lives, you know, the God who wants us to, you know, kind of come to church or something like that, but what about the God who wants to whisper in our ear that he loves us, what opportunity do we have with that God to hear those words, and so Henry Nouwen, who's um, uh, a, a Dutch uh, um, contemplative of the late 20th century, who just wrote, who wrote some amazing and fantastic stuff on being the beloved of God, and so you may like to have a look at it sometime. He says, why is it so important that you are with God and God alone? It's important because it's the place in which you can listen to the voice of the one who calls you the beloved. And so I'd add to that question, how am I living with the God who loves me, with this question, where this week will you be able to hear the voice of the God who calls you the beloved? In amongst your busy schedule, in amongst you know the other things that you do, Will there be a place and will there be a time where you can know and hear the voice of God calling you the beloved? 
And, and if I can say anything, it's so important that you find that space and that place. And it could be in silence, it could be in you know, a devotional, it could be in, you know, some, it's bound to be in some sort of a prayer practice. But it's unlikely to come unless we make time for it, but we need to be able to hear the voice of God saying that we are the beloved. That is when we are with God, the beloved. So, 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 so think about that. Don't, don't let that be just a, a kind of a casual comment. It's like, where are you going to be this week to hear the voice of God saying that you're the beloved? And then the second kind of slightly troubling thought is how am I living out the love of First Corinthians 13? I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to say it to a bride and groom, eh? Sort of thing, you need to do this for the rest of your life. It sort of gets the rest of us out of it. We only have to hear it once in our lifetime and stuff. But how are you going with those things? You know, how are you going with love is patient? Because I think it's a, a really important thing for us to think about because this is what love looks like. And, and it's not so much, you know, kind of how, how patient am I, am I with my husband or my wife or, you know, kind of we may not have a husband or wife or whatever, but how is patience being outworked? in my life how is it going with kindness you know would you be noted as a kind person or an unkind person because that is love that is the calling of god that is the invitation of god for us to be beginning to hear i know i'm uh, i sort of i'm not sure not sure why i've i've had this thought in relation to this but but you know pastors when they get together they talk about their churches and um, here's here's a I'm, I'm going to break I'm going to break omerta here. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you tell you something. So when pastors get together, they look at each other and they say, "How's your church going?" And that is code for how big's your church. All right. So so that's that's what pastors talk about. So how's your church going? Oh yeah, about three hundred. Yeah, is, is is what you want to say, sort of thing. And so. And so that's kind of the code. And if you know how big the church is, it's like, well, is it growing or is it something like that? Because that's how we kind of measure whether we're being successful or not. And I, I just had this, you know, because I'm always a bit uncomfortable about, you know, those sorts of things because it's like, oh, well, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know whether my church is as big as I'd like it to be or, you know, kind of, I don't, I don't know this or I don't know that. I don't know whether I preached, you know, kind of that First Corinthians 13, 2, all of that well and had all the power and had all the mystery and had all the knowledge and, and told some mountains to jump and they have actually jumped. And I just have this, I have this bizarre thing in my mind that the next time somebody asks me how my church is, I'm going to say my church is patient. And, and watch them say, yeah, yeah, but, but how big is it, you know? And say, oh, actually, no, no, it's kind. You know, because that's the sort of church that at the end of the day it seems like that we would want it to be. And I think that's the sort of people within a church that, we, that God would want us to be, it seems, as we go through that. That's how it would seem to me. And so the, the slightly confronting question is, how am I living out First Corinthians 13? Married or unmarried, heard it before or not heard it before, how am I living out the idea of being kind, of not boasting, of not being proud, of, of not dishonoring others, of not being self-seeking, of not being easily angered, of keeping no records of wrongs, um, of not delighting in evil but rejoicing with the truth, of always protecting, always trusting, always hoping, and always persevering. And Jesus, didn't he say, by this, in John 13, 35, is it, by this will all people know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We live with love. We live with the God who, love, who loves, and we live with love out of our heart. We live with love. And these are the things that God, I think, is calling us towards. And that's the challenge, I think, of finding new life with God and with each other. So I hope tonight, and I hope over the last couple of months, there are aspects of our with 
series that will, you know, kind of linger with you, that you are able, you know, kind of just to ponder and, and to stay with. Because I think it's a really significant thing, finding new life with God and with each other is a really important thing for us to be doing. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.